Hey everybody, it's great to spend some time with you again on this episode of The Huddle. And today I have a great guest on. I would like to introduce to you Kathleen McLaughlin. And Kathleen has really two big jobs at Walmart. Um, she serves as an executive vice president first and foremost, but, but it works as our chief sustainability officer. And she also leads the Walmart Foundation. So Kathleen, welcome. Thanks for taking time to join. Thanks a lot, John. It's great to be here. Kathleen, I know you've got to work in a very uh, visionary space. You've also got to work with the tactics in the business, but there are a whole range of topics you're involved in. So if you don't mind, just take a second and, and walk us through what you do on, on a given week or month. Yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, John, um, you know, you noted I have a couple of different roles and, and we set it up that way on purpose. So the idea is to really help colleagues at the company, you and, and other folks, um, define the agenda of social environmental issues that are relevant for our customers, for our associates, our other stakeholders, and as a business address those issues in a way that helps society make more progress on those things, but also in a way that strengthens business. You, know, you can think of it as a flywheel of success for what people used to call corporate social responsibility, but it's really saying, look, there are things that are on the minds of our communities, how can we address them through our business in a way that helps make better progress on those and strengthens our business. So that's everything from environmental sustainability to racial equity, to community, to workforce development. So it's a pretty broad uh, bailiwick. Yeah, definitely broad. And, and I, I think back to when I was studying business in college a long time ago, by the way, we always describe the role of an enterprise. <laughs> create shareholder value it's about shareholder wealth and and I, if you surveyed a business a group of business leaders at that time i'm sure that's the answer you'd have gotten it's quite different today yeah, um, when talk to yeah me too you know yeah so talk about that yeah you know it, it seemed for me you know when i started out in business also a number of years ago um you know one of the first things i was taught was how to calculate shareholder value and a lot of the decisions we were making, this was with a consulting firm that I was part of, um, really came down to that. You know, did the proposed strategy create financial value or not? And um, I think the mistake in that is when you look just at short-term financials versus long-term, you can miss the fact that a lot of things uh, that could be addressed, whether it's you know energy efficiency, for example, or, or as I say, inclusion, those things done well actually create more and more value in the long term. So in the long term, the financial or economic value, the environmental value, the social justice, they all converge. And so I think people have recognized that more and more uh, in the last few years to say, well, actually, the role of a business is to create wealth for society. And when you do that right, of course, you're going to return capital to shareholders, because uh, you're succeeding as a business. You'll also take care of your customers and you'll create opportunities for your associates. You'll do right by suppliers. You'll strengthen communities. Those things all come together. You can't separate them in the long term. That's right. If you do, it, it tends to feel like a zero-sum game where one person wins or one organization wins and another loses. And there are things that you just can't win at the expense of. So you mentioned uh, social justice in there, and um, we're just a week, two weeks now since the uh, 
the murder of George Floyd. It happened in Minneapolis. And last Friday, uh, the company made you know, a number of statements and really clarified our position. And, and some of those, I think, um, just important to repeat any time we can, we can do that. And it's, this is a company that's based on core values, one of those being respect for the individual. And this value is, it works for me as a filter. You know, I, I'm personally opposed and always have been to racism and, and any type of discrimination. Um, respect for the individual implies exactly that. And those are the things that we don't want to tolerate here. And for, you know, our, uh, our company, we made an announcement of, of a center that we're going to invest about $100 million in over the next five years. And I'd love for you to, to talk about um, the way you see this work coming together um, as, as uh, the commitment begins and gets going. I think the events of the last couple of weeks have just brought home to all of us in a really, really deep way, how deep rooted issues of racial inequity are. Um, it's just systemic, it's deep, and that whatever we've been doing, it's obviously not been enough. And I think that was just a giant wake up call for all of us. And so, yeah, what, what we've committed to do is a couple things. One, again, first and foremost, through our business, you know, what are adjustments we could make to our own customer offer, you know, our products and our services, what could we do differently in our operating model, what could we do differently in our people practices, all kinds of things that would help us get better and use the assets of our company in new and better ways to really get at roots of inequity in society and accelerate progress. So that to me, that's the most important commitment we made last week. And then what we said is, yeah, as an adjunct to that, to kind of help extend the impact of what we could do as Walmart into communities beyond the limits of you know how far our own business initiatives could reach. We said, hey, let's use the tools of philanthropy. So yeah, we committed that we'll invest at least $100 million over the next five years in initiatives that will help get at the roots of systemic racial inequity. Uh, and so we're going to focus in four arenas, and they're the same arenas the company's focusing on. So I, I can't say enough that this isn't about Walmart waking up and saying, oh, let's make some grants. This is about us as a company and our foundation. We've been at this for a long time. What we've been doing isn't good enough. Let's get better and really work for our company as well as philanthropy. So the four areas that we're going to invest in are number one, uh, education and workforce. So, you know, one of the challenges is uh, disparities and access to education, the ability to get the skills that are relevant for work, that are relevant for advancement. Again, not a new area for us. We've been at that for at least five years in a pretty concerted way, but with this lens of racial disparity, we're going to dig in even further and, and really push on that through the company and, and through Walmart Foundation. Um, the second big area is about health disparities. You know, we've all been reading about the disparate impact of COVID on the black community uh, and other communities. So how do we get at the roots of that? Why is that happening? You know, there's social, what people call social determinants of health. If you aren't getting enough food, right? Or if you live in, in, a, in, a, in a community that maybe there's more pollution where you live, you know, those kind of things. Um, but also diseases, disease states, you know, certain uh, diseases like diabetes and so on that may be more prevalent in the black community. How do we get at the roots of those? And can we use the assets of our business and our philanthropy to go after that. 
the third area that we're addressing is financial inclusion. You know, so, so access to capital for black businesses, um, helping source even from black owned businesses. That's something our business can do. And again, we've been at that for a long time. Can we do it more? Can we do it better? Um, what about financial literacy or just access to, to finance in households, black households? So um, that's the third arena. And then the fourth is the criminal justice system. You know, again, huge disparities. If you look at the likelihood that a black child growing up versus say a white child will end up in jail, much higher uh, for, for that black child. So why is that the case? What can we do about that? So again, through our own business, are there things that we can do to get at the roots of that? Whether it's why people land up in prison in the first place or what happens when they get out and can we accelerate reintegration into society? You know, for a long time, we were one of the first retailers to so-called ban the box, right? So second chance hiring initiatives and so on. Well, what else could we do through philanthropy? How can we get at the roots of, of that? And um, you know, it, it, it calls into questions of policing and so on. So how can we as Walmart with our voice, which seeks to unify and bring people together, play a positive role in bringing folks together around solutions in, in that area? Uh, one of the points you made originally is there is no reason that a company has to only make money a company can do things that are good in multiple ways. Um, I remember the first shift and as I was working through the company, we, we talked about the bottom line and it became the triple bottom line and then became a better understanding of just shared value altogether. Um, in, the, in the realm of sustainability, um, talk a bit about uh, some of the things that, that your team are helping support and the things that the business is, is starting to do that's most encouraging to you. So what we've really been leaning into for the last 10 years is that third part about having more sustainable products. And that's all the way back from how something gets produced on the farm or, or taken out of the ocean through to how people use it in their homes and what happens at the end of life of a product. So it's the whole life cycle. And uh, by working to address the social issues around the production of product, the environmental issues, um, those are things that are really important, obviously, to the people involved in making the products, uh, but also to our customers and to our associates. So uh, the big issues we're trying to tackle around sustainability when it comes to product are reducing emissions. So it turns out that if you look at uh, climate change and the greenhouse gas that comes from a company like ours, from Walmart, a really tiny amount actually comes from our operations, a lot less than you think. It's about 5%. Most of the greenhouse gas emissions involved in a company like Walmart come from the supply chain. So that's a big priority that we've set working with our suppliers, uh, with our associates to really tackle the emissions that come from product production. And that's everything from agriculture, deforestation, packaging, waste in creating products, the energy used in factories. You know, it's the way the products themselves are designed. You think about cold water laundry detergent, you know, versus washing your clothes in hot water, those kinds of things. Our second big priority around sustainability for products is, is waste. So food waste, plastic waste, packaging waste, huge issue in the minds of customers. Uh, and again, our suppliers, associates, our communities, so really getting rid of any kind of waste associated with producing uh, products. 
And then what we call natural capital, so forests, oceans, and so on, we want to make the production of products uh, actually um, sustainable from the point of view of those landscapes that we're drawing on to create products. So we're doing a lot of work way back in the field with farmers, like literally helping improve the way farming works to have better soil health, less runoff into waterways and so on, preserving forests on critical commodities like paper or beef. So th that's a big deal. And then when it comes to people in supply chains, you know, it's a great opportunity to lift a lot of people out of poverty around the world, creating jobs involved in making products and so on. So we have a lot of initiatives that help connect people to those opportunities. So working with smallholder farmers in India or Mexico, um, helping women in factories, for example, use those jobs as a springboard for really empowering themselves as women and having some economic independence. So there are a lot of opportunities to help people advance involved in the supply chain. And then there are some tough issues we address too. You know, way back in the, in the supply chain in a category like shrimp, forced labor, that's something we set a, a target to eradicate working with others, other retailers, suppliers, governments, nonprofits to really tackle the root causes of modern slavery and eliminate it from supply chains. Uh, and then there are other questions that um, involve people around just the, the, the safety and health of products. You know, a lot of customers are increasingly interested in ingredients that go into products, um, you know, chemicals and so on. So we have a number of initiatives underway to address that. So really the goal when it comes to sustainable products, having products that are good for people and for planet. And that really helps build trust with the customers. It strengthens the resilience of our supply chain, helps us create new revenue streams, manage costs. There are all kinds of business benefits from addressing sustainability. And obviously it's great for the people and for the planet. So it's a good example of where tackling these kind of social and environmental issues really helps business be at the table to solve some tough problems in a way that also strengthens business. Hey, Kathleen, I, I remember really clearly the first time someone uh, talked to me about sustainability in December in 2004. And I, I was probably a bit like you were, I had to think about what they meant by the word. I'd always heard yeah. some or some other way to describe it. That wasn't what was trying to be talked about. And I got involved. I, I, curious by nature. So I just got involved in it to see what it was all about. And what I've done that is it made me not only a, a better person, but a better business person. There were so many things that I didn't understand. And you just went through a long list of them from the way the supply chain works, how intricate it is, the way the details come together on every single product or item that is innovated, sourced, assembled. And what my big conclusion was, is better quality products help because you don't have to duplicate or repeat all the efforts it takes to manufacture something something and ship it to someone around the world. But I never understood until that point, it was 2004, five and six, when I, I learned the most, how many items we buy, consume or give to others have components that are made all over the planet for different reasons. And those could be economic reasons. It can just be where the minerals are from. It can be where the shrimp is grown. The climate has to be right for certain things. But those things, along with working in, in global sourcing, just made me a better business person. I hadn't been involved in sustainability when I was and decided to take on so much of what I learned back in four, five, and six. It's 15 years ago. 
And I think you're right. It was a, a bold statement uh, by the company and by Lee Scott to make these commitments. And at the time, we had no idea how we'd get there. But we just knew that if we started with a goal, then we could work back to it. And a bunch of people got involved who were able and smart and helped us get to where we are today. So it's been it's been the the results are the efforts of a lot of people who decided to help. Yeah, exactly. It's the efforts of a lot of people because, um, you know, it kind of comes back to what we we're talking about before. It's, it's about changing the way the system works. So it involves the shift in behavior of everybody, customers, buyers, you know, people who run the store managers, associates in the store, um, suppliers, everybody doing something slightly different so that the whole thing works together better. Right. And, you know, we were talking earlier about um, has there been a shift in the way people consider these kind of issues? And there has, even among investors, if you want to come back to that, there's a whole movement now that people are calling ESG, that means environment, social, and governance. So even the shareholders or the investors themselves, if you want to come back and talk about profit or stock price or what have you, increasingly more and more investors want to put their money into companies that are addressing the world's most critical environmental and social issues and are governed well, so ESG. And um, you know that's another example of how all these things are converging, the economic, the social, the environmental. And so the best run companies are the ones that tackle these as business issues. So if I'm a buyer today versus maybe 30 years ago, you know, maybe 30 years ago, I might've thought of environmental or social issues as kind of responsibility things or someone else will work on projects around that and I, I need to run my business. Now today what people realize is that is our business. You know, that if you're a buyer and you're in charge of buying tuna, uh, well then you're considering all those things. You're considering the environmental and social issues. It's just part of how you do your sourcing. That's right. Because with the, the population of the world today as it continues to get bigger, the strain on systems is such that if we don't protect these resources, then you could profit your way to the point those resources no longer exist. And we've seen examples of that in the past. Exactly. It's just the scale of it. So last thing um, I wanted to talk about, you and I um, got an opportunity to speak on stage at Shareholders Week a few years ago, and we, we presented our entire story based on uh, the type of tacos people can eat. And I don't know about... <laughs> I've had probably a thousand people ask if that's still my favorite food. Um, remembering though, when we uh, we came up with that, it was it, it turned out to be a story. I guess people remembered because I'm you now the taco person and all these other things I'm being called. But um, just talk about that for a second. How how one product example uh, like a like a taco, anything um, can have so many issues yeah. in it that through a product lens, you can tell almost any story and describe the progress when you. Yeah, tacos is a great example. And, you know, maybe that's I was wondering why, John, a lot of taco spots have opened up in Northwest <laughs> Arkansas. All those maybe. people must have responding to your call. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> There's got to be four or five new taco places within, I don't know, a mile of my house. So thank you. <laughs> we were ahead of that was gonna... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you think about it. So you got the shell. Right, whether it's wheat or corn, that takes you right back to row crops, um, and and the impact that growing those crops has on soil and waterways. You know, you, you have you have nutrients that run off fertilizer into the Mississippi and down into the Gulf, and so it's so right there. 
you got issues that we're working on. Um, there's a thing we call the Midwest Row Crop Collaborative, right in the heartland where we're working farmers to get them to optimize their fertilizer and use cover crops differently and so on to get at those kind of issues, lowering emissions, lowering the runoff of nutrients and so on. You got what goes in the taco, right? So whether it's beef or poultry or fish or shrimp, there's all kinds of uh, issues there that go back to how are those products produced? Um, and some of the ones I mentioned uh, earlier, around deforestation or emissions um, or what's happening to the people involved in those chains. I think when you and I talked about it, we were talking about shrimp. And mm -hmm. if you go back to chain, some of the challenges in Southeast Asia around forced labor that we're trying to get at through engaging our suppliers and also through philanthropy by strengthening the ability of workers in that region to get information about jobs that they're taking and avoid uh, the consequences of, of, of slavery or ending up in those situations or strengthening the capacity of local organizations to go after those who are perpetrating those kinds of crimes and so on. Um, you got produce, right? And that, that kind of links back, if you look in North America, into lots of uh, farmers and the impact in the way we grow our produce, but also small producers. If you go into Mexico, um, smallholder farmers and creating opportunities for them to participate in the supply chain. You also have questions of food waste. So a lot of times crops can be grown and they don't all get taken up because they don't need a spec or can't get transportation quick enough. So we're addressing issues like that. So right there in a single taco, you have everything from climate change to you know, natural capital to waste to human rights to economic opportunity. That's right. Anyone can and everyone should try to make a difference, whether it's in sourcing or with energy, sustainability, on the social issues we talked about, everybody can make a difference and it just takes one person to start working on it with an idea and, and one person at a time, we can make a difference. Kathleen, thank you for taking the time with us and thanks for everything you're doing to help the company and help make the planet a better place. I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time.